Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise Amen. Are you glad you're in church on a Sunday morning? I said, are you glad you're in church on a Sunday morning? Uh, there's a lot of places we could be, but I'm glad I'm in the house of God. Amen. I said, I'm glad I'm in the house of God. Amen. 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 I don't know when the last time we were here, but uh, we've been a lot of places since then, and everybody probably looking around for my wife. My wife had surgery on Tuesday, and uh, she's just uh, not really doing well. She had a spot on her lip taken off, and uh, I don't think she wanted to come because she knew she'd look bad, amen, <laughs> but no, she's not feeling good, and and uh, hopefully before we get back on the road, she'll be able to get here, and uh, I do miss her this morning, and I just want her to know I love her very much, if she's, I think she's listening in, so I want her to know I love her, and uh, hopefully that'll uh, forgive me for all the bad things I've said, <laughs> Well, when she had the surgery, they told her she wouldn't be able to talk for three days. I said, I don't know how she's going to do that. <clears throat> amen. But, amen, God is good. Uh, she did pretty good. Amen. She really did pretty good. So, amen. I appreciate all the prayers for my wife. Thank you all for praying for her. Amen. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, if you turn me to. Isaiah chapter 55, amen, it's good to see Sister Duzot here, amen, amen, praise God. I know everybody's been battling sickness, everywhere I go, people are sick, amen, but God's still able, I said God's still able, and uh, amen. Need somebody to pray for me, so I'm not going to ask Pastor Riggin this time. I'm going to ask Brother Hilton to pray. Amen. How's that sound? <laughs> Where's he at? He done went downstairs? All right. Well, Brother Jerry Hilton, we're going to ask you to pray here in just a little bit. Amen. I'll tell you what let's do. Let's pray for the pastor right now. Can we do that? Lift up your hands. God, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to touch him right now. God, you see the congestion. I'm asking you to take it, God. Cast it, God, in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you, God, to let your healing virtue flow through him. God, I believe you for it. I'm thanking you for it. In the name of Jesus, God, I count it done in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God, praise God. Amen. Isaiah chapter 55, I'll start reading at verse number 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God speaking through the prophet Isaiah tells us that to let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord, and God will have mercy on him and, and will pardon him. 
not just pardon him, but abundantly pardon him. And then he tells us that his thoughts are not our thoughts and, and uh, neither are our ways as his ways. He goes on to say, as the heavens are higher uh, than the earth, his ways are higher than our ways. Uh, and even his thoughts are not on the same level as our thoughts. They're much, much higher. As soon as I thought on these two verses I just read, I realized I wasn't even close to being on the same level as God was. My little pea brain wasn't even remotely close on any level, spiritually, mentally, or intellectually. Amen. And that's when I also realized that there are those times when God just doesn't make any sense. Or when it's hard for us to understand, it's even harder for us to comprehend. So it's from these type of thoughts that I want to preach about those times when you realize that while God is there and you know that he hears you when you pray, you just cannot make any sense of what he's telling you to do. So with this in mind, I want to preach just a simple thought, just do it. Just do it. Brother Jerry Hilton, would you pray? God, your name. Yes, God. Yes. Jesus' name, God. I believe you for it. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 Now, I want you, before you're seated, I want you to turn and shake hands with somebody. Say, I'm glad you're in church today. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Now, before I actually get started, I want to let everyone know that when I chose the title for this message, Just Do It, I didn't know it was a trademark of the shoe company Nike. Uh, the tagline was coined in 1988 at an advertising agency meeting where Dan Wyden, the co-founder of the advertising firm Wyden and Kennedy, he was, as well as the brain behind this, but many iconic brands, revealed the phrase and was inspired by the final words of a death row inmate, Gary Gilmore, who was facing execution. And with his final words, he said, you know, let's do it. Dan Wyden says, and I quote, I remember when I read that, I was like, that's amazing. I mean, how, in the face of so much uncertainty, do you push through that? But I didn't like the let's thing, so I just changed that to just, and as they say, the rest is history. Well, I didn't know anything at all about that story until one day recently my son-in-law and I were talking, and I mentioned this message that I was working on. Uh, well, I often tell him uh, about a message that I've preached or what I, I'm going to preach or what I'm working on and use him for a sounding board and to run my thoughts by him because after all, the sorry low life took my daughter almost 2,000 miles away from me. <clears throat> so I think I'm entitled to make him listen and he's obligated to respond. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, my son-in-law calls me faithfully almost every morning on his way to work. 
because with the two-hour time difference where they're at, and it's when it's 5.30 there in Idaho, it's 7.30 here. But I'm glad he's in church. I'm glad they're doing good. And uh, a lot of times we just talk about God and, and the things of God, and we'll even have prayer together. But on this particular day, I happened to mention some of the contents of this message uh, that I felt like I was going to title it. He happened to mention to me that he thought that just do it, amen, slogan was a part of the Nike brand. And I told him I'd never heard that. And he actually had the audacity to tell me to look it up. So I did. And uh, when I did, uh, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I actually listened to him for a change. <laughs> because when I read the words of this death row, in, death row in, inmate, uh, you know, let's do it. Uh, and what Dan Wyden had to say about it and why he shortened the words to just do it, uh, I felt that a whole lot of apostolic individuals could benefit from getting that type of a mindset. Can I hear an Amen. Why don't you look at somebody beside you, in front of you, and behind you and tell them, just do it. Amen. So let me start now by asking a question. Have you ever experienced some type of a scenario in your life where God just didn't make any sense? Maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't know if I want to answer that or not because I don't want God, this preacher, and especially my pastor to think I'm not trusting him or that I'm doubting him, so I'm just not going to answer that. Or maybe you're thinking to yourself, uh, I don't want to answer that because uh, I don't want to sound unspiritual or even downright stupid. Well, I'm going to answer it for myself. And I'm going to say yes. Yes, there have been them times when God just didn't make any sense. Well, amen, I'm just preaching, amen, what I feel this morning. Maybe I ought to clarify that. There are times when God is, is saying something to me or telling me to do something or telling me where to go or telling me what I shouldn't do or, or telling me where not to go. It just doesn't make any sense. In other words, it's not logical. It doesn't fit into my this is how I do it box. Uh, I'm going to jump right into this message and, and say something right here uh, that if you will listen to what I say, uh, it, will, it will apply to every one of us today. Uh, most of the problem that the children of Israel had, uh, amen, uh, was the fact that God so often didn't make sense to them either. Many times God directed them to go in a certain direction or do a certain thing. It just didn't make any sense to them. Amen. When God led the children of Israel out of Egypt, uh, instead of taking the shortcut, uh, he took them the long way around uh, and he led them directly to the Red Sea. Uh, now, let's be honest about that. It didn't make any sense. Well, amen. Ten different times uh, the children of Israel angered God through their stubbornness uh, and through their rebellion. Uh, and it was basically because God just didn't make any sense to them. In Numbers chapter 14, verses 22 and 23, God speaks and he says, Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, uh, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, uh, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. Now, 
I'm no expert. I don't claim to be an expert on this, and neither do I claim real smart to be real smart. Uh, but I have come to believe this: uh, that the most important thing uh, to the heart of God uh, concerning His children is this: uh, He wants to be believed. Uh, he wants to be depended on. Uh, he wants to be trusted. Can I hear an amen? Uh, and He will do things, and He will direct His children to do things uh, that don't make any rhyme, reason, or any sense to them. Can I hear an amen? Is anybody going to help me preach today? And sometimes I can say that God doesn't make any sense to me when he's silent and when he's uncommunicative. Amen. Sometimes I can say that God doesn't make any sense to me because it seems that he's not doing anything about my problems. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Sometimes God doesn't make any sense to me because he will ask me to do something that hurts my pride or goes against what I believe to be the right way. Oh, anybody else been there? Because just like Proverbs 21 and 2 in part states, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. And my question is, is there ever a time that God doesn't make sense to you? If you want my answer, I'll just go ahead and tell you it's not just sometimes, but most of the time. Oh, God help me. Did it make any sense to Naaman uh, that he should go dip in a muddy river called Jordan uh, and he would be completely cleansed from leprosy? Did it make any sense for the children of Israel to get up every morning, uh, go out and walk silently around Jericho, uh, except, uh, amen, for the blowing of the trumpets of a ram's horn uh, once, uh, amen, every day for six days uh, and seventh time uh, on the seventh day and then the shout? Did it make any sense for them to do that? Uh, amen. Uh, they look like a bunch of dummies just walking around the walls. I'm sure uh, the inhabitants, uh, amen, of Jericho looked down on them and began to laugh. Uh, man, I ain't never seen something like that. Uh, uh, it didn't make any sense. Uh, did it make any sense for Peter to go fishing uh, to get money to pay his taxes? Did it make any sense for Jesus to spit in the dirt and make some mud and put it on a blind man's eyes and then send him across town, amen, to go wash it off? Did it make any sense for Peter to simply throw his net on the other side of the boat after he'd fished all night and caught nothing? Did it make any sense for Elisha to cut a stick and then throw that stick into the water where an iron axe head had fallen, expecting it to float to the surface? Ah, uh, my, my, my. So I'm going to ask the question again. Are there times when God just doesn't make any sense to me? And my answer is a great big resounding yes. And I will even go so far as to say that most of the time, God doesn't make any sense to me. Well, let's go just a little bit further. Does it make any sense to you? that you can take a piece of fabric or a hanky and put some anointing oil on it and that hanky or prayer cloth is placed on someone that demons would leave them, sickness would leave them, and their bodies would be healed. Does that make any sense? Amen. But I've seen it happen. I said I've seen it happen. Amen. Amen. Does it make any sense that with your mouth you can say, in the name of Jesus, I claim the blood and the demons 
demons have to stop in their tracks and all of hell and all of the demons can't cross the bloodline. Ah, my God, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. You see, I've learned something about God. Well, what we want from God is sense. That's what we're looking for, something we can reason in our human minds, something we can understand, or even something we can reason out. But what God wants from us is just simply faith. I said, God's not a God of sense. He's a faith God. And our walking with God is not a sense walk. It's a faith walk or a walk of faith. Amen. We have missed our greatest blessings and our greatest breakthroughs in our lives because we wouldn't go, we wouldn't do, we wouldn't say, amen, when and where God said to. Why? Because it just didn't make any sense to us. We want God to be logical. Why, God's looking for us to be obedient. Oh, let me repeat that. I said we want God to be logical. Why, God wants us to just be obedient. We want God to explain everything to us before we move. But God wants us to move without him explaining anything. You know, there is a possibility that there were some scientific equations and hypotheses that went into the wall of Jericho coming down. There's a possibility that scientifically somehow the continuous blowing of the ram's horns and that single stored up shout created a massive sonic wave that disrupted the molecules that held the wall together and it fell. I suppose that's possible. But I want someone in this place to understand and know God didn't have no scientific conference with Joshua and explain to him all the scientific details of his commission. God just told Joshua what to do and Joshua did it. That's how God works. He gives the orders, no explanations, and he leaves it up to each of us to obey or disobey. It's possible. There was some kind of a healing ingredients in the mud of that river Jordan that attacked leprosy. I said, it's possible. But even if it's true, God didn't explain that to Naaman. He didn't explain it to Elisha. He just told Elisha to tell Naaman. And Elisha didn't even go out and greet Naaman. But instead, he sent his messenger out to tell Naaman to go and dip seven times in the Jordan River. The point is, uh, amen, God knows all of the logistics uh, of why he does what he does, uh, the way he does and why he does it. Uh, He doesn't require from us any type of logistical argument. Uh, He just requires faith and obedience. Uh, I believe we're living in such a time that our very survival uh, may hinge on simple obedience to God's direction, uh, even when it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Because in the last three years, it seems like we've been on a roller coaster in this country with COVID issues, the tumultuous presidential election, the storming of the Capitol, the rioting and the looting and the thievery in many states, the immigration issues, the seemingly lost of common sense, along with a whole host of other issues that are causing my head to spin. I don't know about you. And many times, uh, amen, we haven't been able to make sense of what God has been doing. Or or could I say what he's not been doing? But I have some thoughts on this as well. 
It's just my thoughts. So please don't hold it against me if you don't happen to agree with me. But I believe that God has been allowing us to feel that way, to bring us to the place where we can walk in simple obedience. God just calls that faith. I think God is saying, if you'll trust me, I'll get you out of here. I'll get you out of here. Uh, man, I'm thankful I've been saved by the grace of Almighty God. I'm thankful my name has been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, somebody love him. Uh, God's saying, I'll get you through this. I know where I'm at. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm going to do. Even if you don't. I wonder... How many times we get aggravated at God because he's not keeping to the path that we have planned for him. We want to close our eyes and tell God where to go and what to do uh, based on what we're comfortable and what we're familiar with. But God wants us, in a sense, to close our natural eyes and just trust him and obey him even when and especially when he just doesn't make any sense. And if we can ever get this principle down, amen, it will be incredible because we will realize that it takes, amen, all the weight off of our shoulders. We don't have to understand the mechanics or all the scientific principles of it or all the logistics of it. All we have to do is just do it. All we have to do is just trust and obey. I said all we got to do is just trust and obey. God says, stretch out the rod over the Red Sea, Moses. I cannot help but wonder if Moses asked God, why God, why? What's the logic behind that, God? Uh, Which end of this rod do I point? How, how, How do I hold the rod? What's the angle I'm supposed to hold it at? How do I hold my, how is holding my rod over the sea going to affect the water? I I want some specific, God. That sounds like a lot of us. But God doesn't get involved in any of that. He just said, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And, And the first miracle that God manifest in flesh did was turning the water into wine. I find it interesting that Scripture tells us in the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verse number 2, that Jesus and his disciples were called to the wedding of, in Cana of Galilee. They were called. They were invited. When they ran out of wine, Jesus' mother told Jesus, they have no wine. When Jesus told his mother, he said, mine hour's not yet come. His mother, evidently she doesn't hear very good because she told the servant, she said, whatever he saith to you, just do it. Jesus told him, fill the water pots with water. And I can just imagine in my mind, those servants of the wedding were saying, but they're asking for wine, not water. 
But the mother of Jesus, knowing that he was God manifest in the flesh, just said, just do it. I'm going to say something pretty big here. As apostolic Christians, our biggest problem is not with the devil. Our biggest problem is with why God, why, when God, when, and how God, how. I said our biggest problem is why God, why, when God, when, and how God, how. Well, I know I'm hitting home. There's an amazing little chorus that says what we should be saying to God. And it goes like this. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. I'll trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. What do you do when God doesn't make any sense? When he doesn't move the way you want him to. When healing comes in stages instead of instantly. When the financial breakthrough, amen, seems like it's never going to come, amen. When the job that you so desperately need doesn't seem like you're ever going to receive. When the children that you've prayed for and wept for and travailed for seem farther away from God than ever before. What do you do? What's the correct response? You just keep on praising him and you keep on thanking him. You just do it. I said you thank him for doing it. You acknowledge that he knows what he's doing. You trust his timing. You just do it. The main thing is, amen, that we just keep praising him because praise is the voice of faith. You just do it. Just do. Somebody say, just do it. Praise and be raised or complain and remain. I said praise and be raised or just complain and remain. Uh, amen. Sometimes God says march and sometimes God just says stand still. Sometimes, sometimes God says be quiet. Sometimes God says shout. Amen. Sometimes God says wait. Amen. For the waters to part. And then sometimes, amen, God says step in so the waters can part. Amen. Sometimes, amen, God says run to the battle and sometimes God says just wait for the wrestling of the mulberry trees sometimes God says go and sometimes God says stay amen oh I felt that in the Holy Ghost I said God says amen sometimes he'll say to go but sometimes he says stay stay right here stay right here stay right here stay right here I said stay right here sometimes God says yes Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says, not right now. Sometimes what God will tell you to do will be the most illogical move that could ever possibly be made. I know from experience. In Joshua chapter 3. We read where the Jordan River was at flood stage. God said, I'm going to get you all across. In my mind, I can hear Joshua saying, well, that's all well and good, but I just want to know how you're going to do it. He was looking at that river, and it was, it was, above, it was above its banks. 
The Bible said it was at flood stage. God said, here's what you do. You tell the priests that bear the ark to take off whatever type of covering that they had on their feet and put the ark on their shoulders. Wade out into that raging floodwaters. And then in verse 13, God said, And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon and heap. And I can almost hear Joshua saying, But God, that, that just doesn't make any sense at all. I want to know, do you happen to have a plan B? And could we consider that? And I can imagine as God said, Joshua, just do it. So Joshua obeyed, the priest stepped in, the waters parted, and they crossed the other side while the water stood up in a heap. I don't know what kind of crazy, illogical thing God might be asking of you, but I can tell everyone here this. Your miracle, your healing, and your breakthrough is on the other side of obedience. Amen. Even when it doesn't make any sense. I said, oh, God, help me. I said, you're my God, your healing, your breakthrough, your deliverance, your miracle. I said, it's on the other side of obedience. Would you stand with me? I said, would you stand with me? I don't know who I've been preaching to, but I feel like this word of God has went directly to the heart of somebody. I said, you got to learn to be obedient. I said, you got to learn to put your trust in the man of God, the spirit of God. I said, you, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Ah, yes. He said, you've got to learn how to be obedient. I don't know who I've been preaching to, but I do know I've been preaching to someone in this place. And you know that if God is talking to you, I want you to come. I need the musician to come. I want you to come to this altar and cast your cares upon God. Come on, don't wait. Don't look around. I said, because God cares for you. God loves every individual in this house this morning. Ah, would you come? Would you come? Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Come on. Come on. Come on. In Jesus' name, oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Oh, God, I love you. I will bless your name. I'll bless your name. Come on. Amen. Come to this altar. Amen. Fall on your face before God. Ask him to forgive you. Amen. My God, he is able. He is just. He's ready to forgive our sins. I said he's ready to forgive us our sins. Come on, let's praise him. Uh, I love you, Jesus. Uh, I love you, Jesus. Uh, I love you. Come on, let's praise him right now. Uh, uh, lift up your hands. Uh, amen. Lift up your voice.